Welcome to Day Zero Update for February 20th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. Yeah, it looks like it's just going to be the two of us this week. Uh, we have quite a bit of news here to talk about. Yeah. Uh, not as much as last week, but... Nope. That's, uh, <laughs> we still got not- some stuff. Yeah. And not every week's going to have a bunch of showcases and such uh, there, but we do have plenty of stuff here. We've got three games that have big updates this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a number of games coming out here over the next few weeks that announce dates and such. Uh, We got an acquisition, uh, a big service on two platforms shutting down, and... An interesting story about the Intellivision Amico that we could have talked about last week, but there's just too much, so mm-hmm. I wanted to push it to this week so we could give it the proper amount of time to talk about it. Uh, so there, uh, but before we get to all of that stuff, we will be talking about what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I finished Horizon Zero Dawn earlier this week. Uh, had two missions to go, so I ended up streaming that to... Uh, Kind of have some time to talk about story stuff that have been going on there at that point. Uh, then uh, kind of just play those, which the, the last two main missions are basically part one and part two of the same mission. Because the first part is all just, uh, you're going to help set up defenses and you'll run into a bunch of people that have decided to come to Meridian to help out. So mm-hmm. you run into a bunch of people you've been talking with uh, over the course of the game. Um, most of which I remembered. There were a couple of people I was like, I don't remember any time that I interacted with this person mm-hmm. uh, for that. But yeah, it's then the final mission is the, the big fight as you get a cool new weapon, this uh, kind of cannon launcher of sorts, like bomb launcher mm-hmm. that weirdly enough, kind of just automatically, if you're near the, the stockpile just sucks in five of them at once, and then you, you know, fire to mm-hmm. shoot them all out. And you're trying to take down the big Deathbringers and any of the other machines that are invading. Which I was doing just fine with that stuff until obviously story breaks in and force things to go bad for that mm. stuff. So uh, that's maybe the the one thing there. But then you go up and you fight Hades. Uh, or mm-hmm. the Deathbringer that is that brought Hades here and other machines that it summons, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that Deathbringer is much harder than the others that you fought throughout the game. Uh, I think for story reasons and all that. Uh, but yeah, that uh, ended up going pretty well. They give you like a timer. I ended up getting it just in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, took out Hades and the uh, the the way the credits go and all that. So they have some post credit scene where silence is seen uh, taking the the essence of Hades, mm-hmm. whatever remains of Hades after you shut down like his core uh, and taking it with him because he is mm-hmm. in this as he reveals he's in this pursuit of knowledge, lost knowledge uh, mm-hmm. because the uh, the backup of the Apollo function for Gaia had been destroyed by Ted yeah. Pharaohs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the whole thing there. So that was the 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 reason why, you know, humans came back, but not with the knowledge of things. Mm-mm. You kind of had to start in a more primitive state of sorts. 
Yep. Uh, a very tribal, and, you know. Tribal, nomadic. Yeah. Yeah, kind of state where not really knowing too much about uh, technology other than what they could find in the sort of the ruins of civilization. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that. And it leads into getting Horizon Forbidden West, uh, which takes place six months after the first game ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intro is kind of similar to what you had in the first game. Where you're kind of sectioned off in an area as the uh, the beginning of the game literally just goes through all the story beats of the first game. Mm-hmm. So if you hadn't played that for some reason, you could just kind of jump in and kind of get the general beats there. Mm. Uh, they And Aloy is looking for a backup of Gaia mm. that she believes exists. And because there's this blight that is spreading, and they don't really explain where she is at this point. She's on some outskirts of uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn map mm-hmm. at some point there. Uh, but Varl from the Nora tribe joins you mm-hmm. uh, and has said that he's been tracking her for a while. Uh, finally caught up with her and so he kind of comes with her mm-hmm. uh, for a bit, but you're still playing Aloy. And she is basically like showing him the ropes, gives him a focus so he can kind of see what's Going on. This is kind of how they're doing the tutorial stuff. Is her showing him how to do things mm-hmm. uh, by doing them herself? You know, uh, the control stuff all seems to largely work the same. The big difference is there is uh, pressing the R three button instead mm-hmm. of bringing up the like focus uh, sort of a tactical view, I guess you could call it. So mm-hmm. being able to see creatures and machines around you. Uh, that is a hold now because the mm-hmm. tap is sort of a pulse of sorts to highlight items nearby. So if you were uh, kind of annoyed that you would just see triangles all over the place when you're walking around the map mm-hmm. uh, of items that you maybe can or can't pick up, uh, that is not necessarily a thing. You might be able to turn it on uh, full time in the options. There's tons of accessibility options and all that uh, there, but. Yeah, that is kind of a, a big change as you kind of pulse out to have it show you like items you can pick up or where you know machine parts drop and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, on the on the ground. So that's uh, a big one. Uh, the weapon wheels now in six mm-hmm. uh, divided into six parts instead of four. Mm. Uh, so you have uh, a greater variety of stuff you can have on there. Like right now, I have I think three bows, three types of bows, and uh, one of them's uh, there's like a warrior bow I think it's called, mm-hmm. which is like a short range bow, as they call it. It's not really like a shotgun shot, but it's more of a something that's supposed to be more powerful in close range if you know machines are coming at you. I haven't really found too much of a use for it yet. Uh, the others I have there's like a sling like you had in the first game where you can kind of toss these elemental bombs. At enemies, which is his a ice one right now, mm. uh, and then there's a re- trip caster, I think it is. There's that those mm-hmm. little trap rope traps uh, for that. So there's that. I believe there's uh, more variety out there of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I'm still like six hours in, so I'm not uh, exactly 
uh, that far into the game. Uh, but the weapons in the original game were kind of fully formed at the point you got them. You didn't have to upgrade them or anything. Here they do have three levels of upgrades you can do to each of them, and that's where you get the like the modification slots Whoa. from. Uh, a lot of good bows early on, probably 20, 30 hours in. So mm-hmm. that's when I kind of came back to it in the last few weeks to kind of try and push to finish it. Uh, I ended up taking a look at that and finding good purples to get because I just had like blues, I think, were the ones I had. So it's like, oh, this, I don't have, you know, a bow that is just fire or, uh, you know, impact. It has like uh, like two different elementals on there, that kind of thing. My long-range bow has more variety on it, you know, more modification oh. slots to make it better. I started using the uh, the the sling oh. so that I had these different sort of bombs I could throw that had more elemental stuff. The additional one I had was just fire and, like, these two, like, uh, uh, sort of waiting for, you know, enemies to get close to them to explode, that kind of stuff, was using mm-hmm. all my blaze. Uh, but the one I had for the final one had, you know, shock and freeze and fire on it. So I had, like, oh, good, I got a good variety here for, you know, whatever situations would come up. And these ones, these early ones are uh, limited in a sense. The The new elemental they added is acid. Mm-hmm. So that can take place of, I guess, corruption. Corruption might still be in there, but I just haven't been introduced to any weapons. I just unlocked the shops for that after doing the first big main quest that you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, health is different now. Uh, you know, like you would collect those plants to fill up this bar of health juice that you would just use to fill up your health whenever you were, uh, when you took damage. Mm-hmm. Here, you're just getting uh, essentially individual plants to fill it up. It's like I think you start with 10, but as you do upgrades or of your armors or maybe get armors that have more slots for that stuff, you can get more, but you're basically getting uh, that as sort of your quick health mm-hmm. regen kind of thing. Uh, there are health potions that can overfill your bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can have like a, a buffer of health points if you think you're going to go into a bad situation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's changes like that. The the crafting you cannot do uh, any of your gear crafting cannot be done on yourself on your you know like your inventory menu or anything. You have to go to a uh, f- you know a workbench mm-hmm. in a city or uh, some sort of settlement. Usually they're in. So there's that kind of limitation to that. But the crafting of arrows and all that you can do on the fly. There's a I think there's an accessibility option where you can change how uh, much it slows down the action as you're in the, uh, you know, the ammo, uh, trying to craft ammo or change weapons or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you have that L uh, weapon wheel up, you can have it like completely freeze action when you're doing that or slow it down real or just be like a masochist and have it not do it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on how much you want to challenge yourself, there's all sorts of options to do all that kind of stuff. Uh, the nice thing they added this time around is gyro controls for the bow uh, for that. So kind of controls uh, a bit more like Breath of the Wild in that insta- instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice thing is, though, when you're in focus mode, you know, you could 
highlight machines and see like, oh, there's these different parts, and you could uh, you kind of had to try to aim it on the right parts to see what they did, what they were weak to, and what you could maybe get out of them, that kind of stuff. Uh, this time around, they kind of lock you on when you highlight an enemy. You can hit the D-pad left and right to mm-hmm. just scroll through the different things that they have. Uh, it'll tell you, like, oh, this is a upgrade uh, material you can get out of this specific part. You can highlight it, and it'll turn it pink uh, when you're uh, tracking them. So you'll be like, okay, i got to aim for this part uh, when I'm trying to knock it off. The, the big thing they've done is that... Uh, with that stuff is if you kill an enemy uh, without knocking the thing off, the part you want off, it gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. So if you're a stealth person, mostly, and you're like stabbing in the butt uh, to take them out, uh, you see like all their parts pop instead of potentially like being on the body when you kill them. Mm-hmm. So they kind of force you into more action and less uh, just taking everything as stealthy as you can for the, the smaller creatures that kind of stuff so there's a there's a lot of little changes here uh that make it kind of a, a bigger game a more add some more variety to it and some more insistence of you actually like putting yourself in danger at times and you know fighting uh, enemies uh, especially but it is nice that you know when you uh, get to some of your crafting stuff on the workbench you can you know you know like oh i gotta get this this and this you can create those as jobs so they show up in the quest menu uh, so you can kind of check them at all times. And as you pick up stuff, it'll tell you like, oh, you've got, you know, you picked up, you know, a raccoon hide and that's for this job. You know, you need one more. It'll tell you that kind of thing. So we're like, okay, I'll go look for more raccoons. And if you have that stuff tracked, it'll show up on the compass at the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's, there's a raccoon, the potential for a raccoon hide this way. Uh, though, Considering they're animals, sometimes if you're running around causing chaos, they'll run away or disappear. You know, birds will just start flying away, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're not paying attention, but yeah, there's it does a lot of good quality of life stuff here. Uh, there's maybe a bit too much of the need to craft and upgrade everything. Mm. Uh, I kind of did like the simplicity of you just bought, you know, your your uh, outfits, your armors, and your weapons, and they were kind of fully formed, but, you know, they're going to make an even bigger game, which is scary, because I think I beat Red Zero Dawn at, like, 62 hours. Mm. So it's like, oh, this is going to be bigger than that? Mm. And even then, I've run into the first town. Uh, There's an arena for melee fighting Mm -hmm. dudes. There's a, like, a board game. That's mm. uh, like a board or card game kind of thing. I haven't actually started it yet. Uh, that you can, I assume, like collect pieces or whatever for it. I haven't actually started. So it's like, okay, there's like your Gwent equivalent in this game. Uh, there is the notion of eating food that gives you buffs for a while, mm-hmm. a little while, which is useless for me because I often just fuck around for too long for whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you can just buy it as a thing you can eat, but. Uh, they also do some good quality of life stuff. You know, if you uh, maxed out things mm. in your inventory of just collecting things, it'll send it to your stash that you have back in town. So you can, and then if you, you know, if you've crafted things and whatnot and you're not full up on certain things, you can go to your stash and just hit a button to 
you know, refill, refill my stuff, refill my, you know, my berries that are, are healing stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, anything you kind of can't hold, it just sends to your stash. Mm-hmm. There might be a limit to how much you can hold in the stash, at which point I don't think it, uh, I think it just makes it disappear. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do a lot of good stuff with that, and your inventory no longer has like a a limit of items it can hold, hmm. which is great. Because I think it was like 120, having to constantly go back and be like, okay, what do I have too much of uh, that I'm not going to use for crafting or anything, which is often like the bridge wood hmm. or whatever. Uh, they do a much better job of kind of letting you offload that to this other place don't make you, you know, manage your inventory as much. It puts the stuff that is purely intended for selling to uh, merchants in a specific section. They section up all the resource stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here's stuff for crafting, your your upgrades, your here's your stuff to sell, here's your, you know, stuff you use for crafting your, you know, health potions and traps and all this other stuff. It puts that all sectioned out so you understand what everything is versus the massive list that Horizon Zero Dawn had. Mm. Uh, the, the modifications I haven't had to use too much yet because you have to outside of maybe probably specific armors the ones I've seen so far you have to kind of max up their upgrades which is three upgrades uh, for that to unlock one slot on them. Some might mm. have two. I think for pre-ordering I got special Nora outfit and uh, spear. Mm. Uh, for that stuff, which I think the spears are all just cosmetic. Uh, but the outfit was pretty good, because I think it, when you fully upgrade it, you get health regen when you're low. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of that. Uh, as well as I think it gives you extra two extra health uh, berries that you can hold at once. So mm. There's a lot of cool stuff here. The story stuff is pretty neat. Uh, uh, Aloy is looking for this backup of Gaia, and she kind of Keeps running into dead ends, and so she recoups at the Meridian mm. as sort of uh, Avad and some of the others kind of want to uh, see her before uh, or see her and help. She's trying to find out, like, oh, where else could we be going? Because it might be end up being in this place called the Forbidden West, which you've heard a little bit about in the mm-hmm. Zero Dawn. Uh, so she finds out that they are sending a, you know, they have an embassy over here in the near the Forbidden West that she could essentially be, you know, placed at as a you know a security person of sorts, uh, along with Erend is already there, mm-hmm. uh, or he's on his way there, and uh, I forget who else. Petra is at the the first town. Uh, she was the like Forge Woman from one of the towns in Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some familiar faces there. And it's, uh, and there's a lot of politics that she's dealing with initially because the concept of an embassy, uh, you're dealing with these tribes, uh, I forget what they're called, mm-hmm. uh, but they're Avad's father's the Mad Sun King who kind of believed that the solution to all their problems was blood. To mm. should be killing people and would often do that to the border tribes, including the ones that inhabit the area that you're trying to go into mm. in the Forbidden West. So he, his son, who 
helped kill and overthrow him, uh, sort of appoints you as this special envoy for this embassy that that, that is setting up in a few days. Mm. And so there's politics involved with this, uh, trying to keep the relationship they have at a decent enough place. And so mm. she's dealing with, you know, the first person she meets is a stuffy little politician who believes he's the greatest thing and he's above all these commoners, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. So she very much is not a fan of him. Mm. Uh, the first town you get to seems to be run by this guy named uh, Olban, something like that. I forget what the the name is, but you find out like oh, he's a guy that just kind of showed up when the town uh, was being founded early on, and he acts like he's the founder but has like accrued enough money and such to kind of bully people into, uh, you know, working for him, even though they could just be working independently, but he's mm. like put his influence in and Aloy is trying to figure out if he has some angle to work here as to why, uh, things have kind of shut down for a bit. And so you're kind of working to figure that out, mm-hmm. uh, which I've already kind of resolved. And it's been like, okay, now things can get back to, to uh, you know, normal, so I can start doing my actual uh, quest here and looking for this guy back up. And I imagine the game's going to be a lot of her helping people out uh, as a distraction from her main goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm still like six hours in, so nothing too big has been unveiled yet. I don't have like the glider yet. So I don't the the new stuff I have for abilities. There's like a grappling hook of sorts mm. so you can like jump up into the air hit x and pull yourself up to some of these areas automatically without having to climb up uh they've improved the climbing a bit so now you can uh if you hit like the ping or you can i think there's an option to have it show automatically the areas you can climb there's like walls have a lot of like climbing points highlighted on them mm. uh and it's not like the the ridges that you would have in zero dawn Mm-hmm. It's more of just, you know, various points that she can grab onto, kind of in more of a Assassin's Creed Origins or Odyssey kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I don't know what she's grabbing on, but she's grabbing on something, and it's, you know, not these, you know, coincidentally white ledges that are on these rocks. Mm-hmm. They're the typical way those kinds of games are made, so. It feels a bit more open there, though you can also see plenty of red spots that are like, oh, you can't climb this way. You have to go around, and they have plenty of plants on the walls that are like, they only grow there, so you can have to collect those when you can. Uh, So yeah, plenty of side stuff in this game. Uh, You know, I've seen some metal flowers that require me to have some item I'm going to get in the future to get access to the area to unlock them, so there's a lot there. I'm um, looking forward to put some more time into that, but that is a, that is a big-ass game. Mm. Then another big-ass game is coming out this week with Elden Ring. Yep. So <laughs> one of these games that's uh, got a big update is doing their thing at probably the worst time mm-hmm. with two other big games, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yep. I've been playing some more Ollie Ollie World. Been having yep. fun with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Worked my way towards the end of the first area. As I'm doing that, and yeah, that game is a lot of fun, and uh, get to some fun little areas where they have uh, grind bars that are on these like teeter totters. So you kind of 
grind up uh, enough and then it starts to tip over uh, to that. So it kind of has some potential for alternate routes that are based off of how fast you can get on that uh, to get like a, a higher jump off point mm-hmm. uh, for that kind of stuff. Uh, working on that some more. So that's been fun. Uh, also started Aerial Knights Never Yield. Mm-hmm. A It's like a runner, basically. Uh, created by this developer named Aerial Knight. I'm not sure if it's a solo game or he might have a couple other people working on it. Mm-hmm. He's the primary one, so he just kind of named this game, put his name in this game, or his internet name in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has some nice style to it, kind of a little bit maybe like a uh, a Jet Set Radio kind of vibe to it, uh, that kind of thing uh, a little bit. But the, the controls are pretty simple. He automatically runs, and all your controls are on the D-pad, so you can hold uh, right to run faster down to slide, up to do a big jump, and I think it's uh, left for like a parkour jump. Uh, And so you're kind of running through these stages and it'll slow down on the the normal difficulty it starts on and lets you kind of do a quick decision like, oh, I have to slide here, I have to jump, or I have to parkour through this kind of thing. It kind of color codes things a little bit. I think there are harder difficulties where it doesn't slow down at all or highlight things, so there's plenty of challenge there, but it's very much kind of a speedrunning game. Mm-hmm. As you kind of finish a stage, it'll tell you like how long it took you, how many times you died, and all that. Uh, the fun thing is when you die, it is like, oh, do you want to uh, yield, as in quit, or never yield, as in restart? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where that is coming from. But yeah, you're just kind of uh, escaping something. I don't know what the the story is on that, but it seems like you're escaping the man or something like that mm. uh, through all these different stages. So that's a pretty fun little game. I think it's on Game Pass as well. Uh, but I haven't got it on sale during the, the holidays stuff on PS5. So I've been enjoying that. No, just playing more Rocket League. Uh, the season ends mm. in 16 days, so I'm just trying to work on some last few uh, season challenges that are that need to done to lock in some prizes mm-hmm. uh, for that. And that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Uh, well, uh, I am still playing Haiti. Um, I have gotten very far now at this point. I have, uh, collectively, I have successfully, uh, gotten out of Haiti, out of Haiti several times. Uh, Persephone, the wife of Hades is now back. Uh, I have reunited, uh, Nyx and Chaos. I have also reunited um, Achilles and Patroicus, as well as Orpheus and Eurydice, and I've also freed Sisyphus from his whole thing of having to roll a boulder up a hill for all eternity. Um, I've also made it with both Megara and Thanatos. Uh, So at this point, really the only thing left as far as the game is concerned, uh, other than, you know, decorating, you know, the beginning place where the game starts is um, basically uh, getting the true ending. And in order to get the true ending, I have to do this thing where I have to do some tasks for six of the eight, you know, Olympian gods that you come in contact with in the game. Um, 
And basically to do that, you have to do the thing where you do with other people when you want to build a relationship with them. You know, you have to give them multiple bottles of nectar every time you meet them. Um, but eventually they will ask you to do something like, for example, uh, Poseidon wants to see, you know, how many fish you've caught. Um, if you got over 18, then, you know, he's all good. Athena has some stuff she wants you to do. Aphrodite wants you to complete all of the romance classes, stuff like that. Um, but um, the, uh, yeah, so basically that's pretty much ever, all I've got left for that game, more or less. Um, uh, but other than that, I've also still been playing Psychonauts 2. Um, I've managed to get uh, rather far into that, but it's definitely a much bigger game compared to the original. Uh, a lot more content. Um and a lot more stuff to get as well. Because um, on top of having to deal with the fact that, you know, you've got your base powers already from the first game, you have to actually, you know, uh, level them up, you know, one by one. Um, and you actually have to get, like, the currency and the stuff to do that. Uh, you've also got new stuff that you got to get as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a great game. Uh, can be a little bit of a fetch quest, but it's not you know, as overly uh, obnoxious as some other games could be. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I've got Elden Ring pre-ordered and preloaded on my Xbox. It's just got to, uh, you know, got to download when it comes out on on the 25th. So, yeah, we'll uh, see how that goes. All right, that's it? Yep, that's it. All right, so let's get to some news here. Uh, we've got our Game Pass games for the last bit of the month here. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really too much here. Uh, they Let's see here. They have... Okay, uh, let's see. They have on here uh, Men NFL 22 mm-hmm. as a part of EA Play. So if you have EA Play separately of Game Pass, you have access to that full game now. Mm-hmm. Uh, console PC... Uh, but if you also have Game Pass Ultimate, you have that as well. Mm. Uh, so there you go. You can play that now that the season's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, for PC, uh, they have Total War Warhammer 3 mm-hmm. uh, available now uh, as of the, the launch. Uh, heard good things mm-hmm. uh, about that game. I don't know if that is something that I would be too into, but I might check that out. So let's see. RoboQuest. Mm-hmm is available on February 22nd in early access form. Uh, mm-hmm. Described as a fast-paced FPS roguelite, playable mm-hmm. in solo or co-op, uh, fighting hordes of deadly robots. So there you go. Uh, also coming to PC on February 24th is Galactic Civilizations 3. Mm-hmm. That is sort of a big Space 4X strategy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go, if you want that kind of thing. Uh, let's see, for consoles, Super Mega Baseball 3. It's coming to EA Play. That's right, EA bought those, those developers, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, that'll be February 24th that you get that. Uh, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, that'll be on Game Pass as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, also for EA Play on PC is Alice Madness Returns. Mm-hmm. Is that the first game, or is that the second game? Uh, that is the, I think that is, is it, does she, 
Let me. Um, is that's it the, the one? Second game. Yeah, it's the second. That's what I thought. Yeah, that was the one that came out a few years after the first. Yeah, it came out in 2011. Yeah. I want to say I've heard that that version has the original in it, but that might not be the PC version. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's the PC version. Yeah, but I mean, it might have the original game in it. It might, but keep in mind, this is also Microsoft we're talking about, so... Yeah, EA, so... Yeah. Yeah, I forget what specifics on that, if that was like a pre-order bonus or DLC Mm -hmm. or something, I forget, but keep an eye out for that. That's February 28th. That is. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they mentioned lawn mowing simulators being a thing that was added for Xbox One people, but I think they have a asterisk here that says the Xbox One launch has been delayed, so it's not coming February 17th. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's on PC Game Pass and playable on the series consoles or on Xbox One via the Cloud Gaming Beta, which I think is still Ultimate only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that, and just some other perk stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. Two months of Hulu with no ads, I assume, if you don't have it already. So there's some decent stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the next here, we got three big updates for games. Uh, the first one's kind of the biggest, that... Uh, CD Projekt Red said they had a stream happening this week, and people were wondering if it was going to be the one thing people wanted, and it ended up being that. It's yep. the the big 1.5 update for Cyberpunk 2077 that also mm-hmm. uh, makes it playable uh, for the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S mm-hmm. uh, natively, so that yep. uh, if you have those on the older consoles, the uh, physical or digital version... Uh, you can get the free upgrades mm-hmm. to play it on your new boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done a bunch of work on this version. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think there are options for uh, 4K at 60 FPS on the Series X and PS5. If you have a Series S, I think the only option is a 30 FPS option. Mm-hmm. At like 1440p, something like that. Uh, there is ray tracing as well. That is sort of a lower resolution Mm -hmm. uh, for that, but uh, it's also at 30 FPS to get you that ray tracing. So it's kind of a a little bit of dip you're getting. So if you want 60 FPS, you don't get ray tracing. Uh, They talk about a bunch of gameplay stuff as well being part of this. Mm. Uh, They even put out a chart that shows like everything's getting like new weapons, additional apartments for V. To mm-hmm. stay in uh, a hairdressing mirror, so you can kind of change your look in the apartment. Various rebalances of gameplay, economy, and loot systems. I know they changed up the perk system. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have done perks before uh, this updates, I think they refund them all to you, so you can redo them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they also have a spatial headphone audio stuff in here. Improved crowd reactions, which is a a funny bit of the stream I saw. They're like, look, you shoot the ground and cars drive away and people run away. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's innovative stuff. That's stuff GTA's been doing for 20 years, but it's good they finally got there. Mm. It's just kind of funny them to be like, oh, look, people panic now. 
It's like, yeah, that should have been there for a while. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, so uh, just to let it be known, I don't have my copy of Cyberpunk anymore. Um, yeah. But um, they do have a free demo, like trial, for like the first five hours or so. So if you want to mm-hmm. try it out on your Series S, you can definitely do that. Yep. Um, I have, uh, but uh, people who've done the update, who play it on, you know, um, on modern machines now, they say, yeah, it, it definitely looks better, and it's definitely closer to, you know, what they said it was going to look like in the trailers, but it's still a bit of a downgrade to what they showed us. So, still not quite up to what they promised it was going to be. Yeah, uh, they've still got more work to do, but they are starting to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else they mentioned. Yeah, they, they re- reworked the driving model mm-hmm. a bit, uh, reworked enemy AI, uh, Yeah, added more people and crowd stuff to the, the game, mm. both day and night, uh, so that, you know, it looks better, less more less barren. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We receive more cash for completing quests and gigs, and items and vehicles aren't as expensive to purchase. Mm-hmm. Revamp stores with new items, sales, new aesthetics for weapons. Yeah, so there. Let's see. Easy Estates is a new app on the computer. Mm-hmm. Change your apartment's aesthetic, and you can find new apartments to rent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of keep working on it. It's kind of while this game's been out for just about 14 months now and still Mm -hmm. isn't really quite where it needs to be, but it's, it's getting there. Yeah. I played a little bit of it on PS five. Looks much nicer. Yeah. I didn't see, I ended up just starting a new save and not trying to figure out, uh, get my save over. Cause that was a car anyway. Mm -hmm. I think I just got in probably to the apartment and that was about it. Yep. So I was like, I'll just start over. Uh, the driving feels pretty good. You get some, they got resistance on the triggers for the the braking and gas stuff on there uh, for driving, so that works pretty well. Definitely feels pretty good mm-hmm. uh, for the driving. I don't remember that being uh, a thing. I, you know, that was anything mm-hmm. notable in the original version. So that's worth uh, uh, that bit of time. Hopefully, they do get. Uh, more time into it because mm-hmm. they do the weird thing is they add some of these these update things in the DLC section mm-hmm. like the new apartments and the hairdresser uh, stuff that's listed in, as DLC which is kind of weird mm. uh, for that stuff so yeah but hey it's in a better state for people to check out so yeah just prepare yourself because it's a uh... Big ass update. The patch is enormous. So, yeah, I think on PS5 it's like 90 gigs. Yep. Uh, for the game itself, uh, the at least the one nice thing is that it's been uh, put on sale. Mm-hmm. It's half off on Xbox and PlayStation. So, I think PlayStation it's 25 bucks on sale. Xbox mm-hmm. is 30. Mm-hmm. So when they finally brought it back to PSN, they put it up at 50 bucks instead of 60. So it's a little bit cheaper there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but let's see. Let's get to our next one here. Fortnite has gotten a big update that adds gyro and flick stick aiming controls. Mm. Uh, so people can use their gyro on all the platforms that support it, which means it's not on Xbox mm-hmm. uh, for that. So there are definitely some people that are like, oh, Xbox really needs to step it up on the controller front and have a, you know, update it with some stuff like, you know, gyro controls, uh, maybe haptic feedback, and maybe a few other things that, you know, the the dual sense and even the pro controller has been doing for a while now. Um, yeah. yeah, this, I think this stuff was largely, I think the gyro aiming was only on the Switch version, maybe mm-hmm. PC version as well, but uh, they worked with the guy that did the flick stick stuff that was prevalent on Steam mm-hmm. uh, to get this into their game. So that's cool stuff. Mm. Uh, so there you go, some more games supporting gyro, much like Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. That's always good to see. Uh, the other game getting a big update is No Man's Sky. Yep. They decided, uh, we're going to announce our big update. It's called Sentinel. Yeah. Update 3.8 that introduces a total overhaul of weapon systems, mm. new lore and stories. I'll do Sentinel enemies and combat behaviors and the ability to reprogram and adopt your very own friendly AI drone. Mm. As well as much other uh, other things as well. Uh, so yeah, planetary sentinel forces have a significant new tool in their armory, the hard frame battle mech. So mm-hmm. the sentinels have a version of the mech suit that you have mm. access to. Uh, so that's uh, actually kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're doing stuff that offends the AIs, I think you probably have to get it up to higher star counts on that stuff mm-hmm. when you're initiating combat with them, but yeah, it seems like it even has like a plasma-powered flamethrower, so that's fun. Uh, let's see, multi-tool visual effects overhaul. Mm. So yeah, now the mining laser, the scatter blaster, receives significant visual overhaul. So new projectile beams, muzzle flashes, lighting effects, refractions, impacts, and all that, so that's cool. Uh, they got plenty of gifts here if you want to see all that stuff in action. Uh, for PC, they have... AMD Fidelity FX super resolution support. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of a yeah, super optimized spatial upscaling technology, sort of like DLSS, uh, which is NVIDIA's version of this. Uh, AMD mm-hmm. is the one here, so you can kind of see how it kind of looks uh, to improve uh, the visuals with kind of an AI, use of AI and that kind of stuff. Mm. So you, if you even if you don't have a great PC, you might be able to get some better performance out of it uh, and help it look a little bit better for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have camo technology now. Mm-hmm. You can get a cloaking device that will, uh, yeah, it's a multi-tool extension that allows users to evade planetary sentinels even in the midst of combat. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. It adds a nice little effect on the screen of like the. You remember like how Crisis had camo? Yeah. Was that kind of uh, octagonal, like uh, light dithering kind of thing? That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, your Minotaur, you can install an AI pilot to kind of follow you around mm-hmm. and help you in combat. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. And you can always take over as you get into it. So there's that. Uh, 
as exobiology expedition will be launching pretty soon as sort of the big event sort of thing so there's that Mm-hmm. Yeah, the improved combat stuff, more multi-tools you can carry. Uh, it has been raised from three to six, so you can carry mm-hmm. some more multi-tools. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, looks like they're doing DLAA. It's a deep learning anti-aliasing technology. That's NVIDIA's thing. So uh, be able to look, make the game look a little bit more sharp if you have an NVIDIA card. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they added Sentinel pillars as part of their Sentinel thing. Yep. It's a highly guarded control post for local Sentinel forces, so uh looks like you can get some stuff out of that. Native yep. Steam Deck support, so just in time for that thing. Mm-hmm. So you can have some touch controls as well as, uh, you know, button controls. Mm. Let's see. You can steal advanced technology blueprints from the Sentinels and transform the Minotaur into your own reprogrammed Sentinel unit. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. You can kind of give it the look of the, the, the Sentinels unit. So that's mm. pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's a bunch of other stuff here. Yeah, you can get drones and all this kind of other stuff that's just really cool. Kind of mm-hmm. Improving some of the combat stuff here that is pretty fun to see. Uh, Making the, the warping a little bit faster when teleporting between bases and start and uh, stations. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot here. Jeez, I, oh, I was yeah. Only, I was only halfway <laughs> through the page looking through yep. this. So there you go. You can look through that and check it out for some more stuff there. Mm. Uh, let's see. What else is happening? Oh, yeah. Starting later this week on the 25th. Uh, that is Friday, I believe. Mm. Uh, you'll be able to get a demo for Babylon's Fall, the next Platinum Games title with Square Enix. Yep. Uh, you sort of co-op dungeon crawler action RPG kind of game mm-hmm. they're making that is uh, you're going to have a free demo. Let you mm-hmm. be a let you play the wait, help. Let you players run the op- game's opening section. Yeah, there's multiple hours of story content you can tackle alone or with buddies and four player co op. Mm-hmm. Cross play enabled. Demo progress carries over to the full game, launches March 3rd for the game itself. Then was out this Friday, so you kind of jump in and get an early start, I guess. Yeah. As they start trying to do this whole live game thing, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, good luck to them because that whole live service thing is damn hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Platinum's been saying they want to sort of branch out and be known for more than just the the horny action games that mm. they've been making. It's like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Of course, um, people that are a fan of those games are mad. Mm-hmm. But it's like, they've made so many of those at this point, they can't just keep making them forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, also happening on Friday is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. We knew it was coming out this month. Yeah. Uh, they finally announced the date. It's the 25th. Mm-hmm. So if you have the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack, you can check that out. Yeah. Um, so basically as far as like, uh, all the games go, uh, Majora's Mask is definitely on the stranger side. It very much kind of reminds me of how, you know, when they were making a, uh, you know, like when they were saying like, you know, we're going to make a Game Boy sort of adaptation for Link to the Past. And then midway through, they were like, screw it. Let's just do whatever we want. And that ended up becoming, uh. 
you know, Link's Awakening. Uh, Majora's Mask was basically them taking a bunch of assets that they had gotten when developing, uh, you know, Ocarina of Time and just saying, screw it, let's do what we want. <laughs> um, it's a very, um, it, it's, it, it's, someone once described it, and I think this is actually a pretty good uh, description of it. It's basically Twin Peaks in the Zelda universe. And that's actually not a bad description. Um, yeah. It's certainly that extremely bizarre and unusual. Um, yeah. Also, you know, there's there's just the whole you know mechanic of having to deal with the fact that uh, you have to you know cycle between three days, and there's this gigantic freaking you know moon that's getting ready to crash into uh, this town. Um, yeah, the creepy ass moon. Yeah. With the creepy ass face, and you can legit like get up to the top of that tower in that town, and you can watch the thing just come down. Like it's it's yeah, it's pretty disturbing. I won't lie. Yeah, it was a time loop game before that time was kind of a really a thing. Yeah, at least for games. So mm -hmm. there you go. You can check that out. I'd probably stick to the 3DS version, which has improvements to it. So, yeah, there you go. But yeah, there you go. You can check that no. out. Yeah, I will say one of the issues with the original game, I will say, was that some of the um, controls and the AI were a little off. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's 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 very unusual as far as Zelda games go, but it's it's remembered for a reason. At least for the people that uh, were into it. Yeah, and played and finished it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's get to some games that are coming out next month. Mm -hmm. Here we got one. I think we've seen this from a Nintendo director, indie world or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. musical story. Uh, that's coming to PS5, PS4 on March 2nd, Switch on March 3rd, and Xbox Series and Xbox One and PC, uh, Steam and iOS on March 4th. Mm -hmm. uh, so the week after next. Mm -hmm. Next week, I guess. Yeah. Uh, not this week coming up. Uh, that is a rhythm game mm -hmm. set against the 70s. Yep. So. Kind of get some Jimi Hendrix and some other stuff that are people are being alluded to in this. Mm -hmm. Looks pretty neat. So yeah, check that out. Mm. Uh, March tenth, there is Submerged: Hidden Deaths, mm -hmm. the sequel to the original game that was not a great game, but no, was a great game to get for like a couple of bucks. Uh, mm -hmm. Because it was a game about exploration. You mm -hmm. came to this sort of city that had been uh, submerged at some point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just been swallowed by the ocean. Uh, that uh, you took your boats, you went around and uh, explored it. Mostly mm -hmm. just climbed up the sides to find some stuff that uh, helped you learn more about the city and all that. As your, I think your brother was the, the one that was kind of sick. So you were trying to figure out that whole thing out. Mm -hmm. uh, but by the end, you 
help him out yeah. and uh, set off for, I guess, another sunken city yeah. in this game, at least. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. They seem to suggest yeah, it's going to keep being like a, uh, a relaxing exploration game. So that's cool. I was always kind of wondering when I was playing, it's like, oh, is there going to be enemies at some point? Because that would ruin the vibes here. And not yeah. really. There's maybe some creepiness around that kind of thing, but mm. uh, other than that, it's kind of just puzzles and tools and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that one's probably one to keep an eye on. See how it goes. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to look here. Yeah, no price just yet on the Steam page. So, no idea what that's going to cost. But uh, the next game here on the 17th of March is Dark Deity. For the Switch, uh, it's been out on PC since last summer. Yeah, June 15th. Uh, this is a game that is very much going after the vibes of Fire Emblem. 2D Fire Emblem games. Yeah, it's old school Fire Emblem, basically. Um, Where when you get into an attack, you see like a, you know, a smaller widescreen shot of, you know, one attacking the other, mm-hmm. and some damage, and I assume the other attacks. Yeah, and potentially if luck happens, there might be a second attack or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much of that style. Mm. Uh, yeah, they say twenty chapters, fifty-four distinct character classes, mm. uh, thirty characters. Yeah, you forge friendships with people. Mm-hmm. So basically, sure. it's it's your basically like what you do with Fire Emblem, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, the 3DS games at least mm-hmm. uh, that level of uh, feature set. Yeah, which is a pretty good place to go versus sort of the more Persona esque yeah. stuff you had in Three Houses. Yeah, um, I will say the one thing people have said that kind of irks some people about the game is the character design. Mostly because most of the female characters kind of go a little, a little too much towards the fan service. Um, the Fire Emblem has also been doing. A well, I mean, it too. did, but not with like the most recent ones. You notice the recent ones; they really toned it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first game, the other game, however, Fire Emblem. If on the other hand, oh yeah, they went super hard on the. Uh, on the fan service for that one. But, uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, it's like, it's a legit, really good sort of Fire Emblem clone. Yeah. Um, Actually, say Fire Emblem-like, really. I don't want to call it a clone. That just seems kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But if it's priced like the Steam version, it's going to be about 25 bucks. Yeah. Maybe a little more. I don't know. Could be 30. Uh, But, that seems like a pretty decent price for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one we got here that is also coming out that same day, March 17th, is Anno Mutation M mm-hmm. uh, for PS5, PS4, and PC. Uh, that is a it's one of the PlayStation China Hero projects, so a Chinese-made game. Yeah. That uh, is based in, like, cyberpunk stuff. So it has, like, a 2D, like a 2.5D kind of style to it that looks pretty nice so uh yeah that'll be coming out 
mm. uh, here next month. Mm-hmm. Worth keeping an eye on that. Um, we got two stories here, big ones for the week. Uh, Nintendo announced that they are going to be closing the 3DS and Wii U eShops mm-hmm. in 2023. No specific date, just March 2023. Uh, the way you're describing it. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot of people are not happy. <laughs> yeah, and they have some other stuff going on here as of May 23rd. Mm-hmm. 2022, no longer pos- be possible to use a credit card. Mm-hmm. Fed funds to an account Nintendo eShop on Wii U or 3DS. Mm. Uh, August 29th, it will no longer be possible to use a Nintendo eShop card to add funds to an account uh, mm. for the eShop on Wii U or Nintendo 3DS. Mm. Uh, it will still be possible to redeem download codes until late March 2023. So maybe it'll be late March 2023. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the at that point, you would have to... Maybe it would be a big deal for at least funding things because you just do that on the switch assuming you have one mm-hmm. uh and just do that through there your cards your gift cards or your uh credit card stuff yeah just use that on the, the wii or switch or the 3ds uh, you still do that uh, it's just a matter of dealing with that stuff yeah but yeah as I say, even after March 2023, for the foreseeable future, it will still be possible to redownload games and DLC, receive software updates, and enjoy online play on Wii U and Nintendo 3DS family of systems. So, mm. not shutting down online servers or any of that other stuff. Mm. The 3DS is a weird thing because they do not sell any DLC on the eShop. It is all in the game itself. Mm-hmm. So, if you are concerned about this, you need to be opening up your 3DS games, launching them, and checking for uh, DLC. Some games, I believe, do require you to play a good chunk before the shop opens up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely take a look at that kind of information. Yep. You don't want to be showing up in February 2023 and be like, shit, I have to play a bunch of this game to even get the DLC before it goes. Mm. That kind of thing. You have a Q and A page with a bunch of stuff on there. Yeah, you know, explaining like, yeah, we're not taking your games away or anything. We're just removing your ability to purchase it after uh, a year of mm. limbo. Yeah, which is not great because there are a bunch of games on those systems that would be nice to have available on, say, a Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Uh, it would be nice to see them putting more effort into bringing like Super Mario 3D Land mm-hmm. or uh, what's the Legend of Zelda game on Link Between Worlds. Mm. That would be cool to have on a Switch. Those kind of games, you know, the Kirby games that are on there. Uh, the uh, what the Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD that are on the, the Wii U. Those aren't mm-hmm. on the Switch yet. Uh, as they go, and Nintendo plans to keep working on the the Switch for a while, for a few more yeah. years at least. So, oh yeah, they got time to do that kind of stuff. But also, you know, that would give people more confidence in that if you mm. were a little more open about that stuff. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, that's uh, not yeah, great. Not great. Um, this yeah, it's definitely gonna piss people off. Is yeah. What I'll say. Um, 
But yeah. Uh, also not great is our next story. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. Yeah, so there is a console coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have heard of it, the Intellivision Amico. Yeah. That uh, is one of those consoles you might you know, put it in the same vein as like the Atari VCS. Of like, oh, they're, they're trying to bring it back kind of thing. But the Atari VCS kind of actually came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, may not be particularly great, but mm. they are supporting it and all that and dealing with it. I assume mm. they did not put a ton of uh, money into producing a ton of units of that thing. Yeah. So they don't. And their new games that they're putting out are on you know consoles and PC and all that. Mm-hmm. So they're not putting all their baskets, all their eggs into one basket like that. Fortune Television doesn't have that luxury. Nope. Uh, this version of Intellivision is owned by, I believe, Tommy Tellerico. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's, he was CEO uh, until recently. Well, I believe uh, they, he, he and his company like bought the rights to the Intellivision. Uh, yeah, that could this. be possible. That might be the case. Uh, and he's the CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has had a number of people working for him. And his console has just been stuck in stupid limbo for ages as they're like, oh, we're still working on it. It's coming. It was supposed to come out like two years ago. And yeah. Last year. And, you know, pandemic obviously throws a wrench into plans. Uh, but it seems like this is, has a lot more uh, issues than just the pandemic. Oh, it's, it's much worse than that. <laughs> yeah. So this past... Uh, the week before last, they began their fourth round of public mm-hmm. fundraising for this thing in four years, their fourth round in four years, uh, which they're aiming to raise $5 million, includes a Securities and Exchange Commission filing that contains page after page of risk factors for the company's future. Uh, that's, you know, are normal things to include in this kind of stuff, but the there are a lot of red flags in this. Mm-hmm. That seem to suggest the company is in dire straits. Yeah. That uh let me see if I can get to the parts here. Yeah, the it describes some sort of vague nine point five million dollars spent on R and D investment funding, including hardware and software development mm-hmm. as of October thirty first, twenty twenty one. But intelligence statement doesn't clarify how much of that amount was spent on console components, software deals, salaries, other considerations. Television's current $5 million request includes an estimate that 16.5% that amounts, or about $825,000, were dedicated to, quote-unquote, finishing games already in process. Meanwhile, 13%, about $650,000, will go towards deposit payments in support of hardware manufacturing, where the request as connected to a start engine fundraising campaign doesn't clearly earmark any of its $5 million towards paying down the company's considerable debts. Mm. Uh, you might be wondering, well, what what kind of debts could they have? Uh, according to the company, long-term debt is up to $7.2 million, and short-term debt has reached $1.2 million, so almost $8.5 million in debt. Those mm. numbers do not account for some dismal interest payment arrangements, and they stand mm-hmm. in stark contrast in television's reported $429,000 in cash and cash equivalents, mm-hmm. which is not much to be... Uh, talking about Mm-mm. for floating this kind of stuff, but one of their most unusual loan arrangements 
is this $810,000 owed to an angel investor named Sudesh Agarwal, mm -hmm. uh, whose name is spelled multiple ways in the SEC filing. Uh, the arrangement demands that in television pay Agarwal $100 for every Amico console sold until his entire balance is paid back. Mm. Uh, they've been pre-sold so far at $249 on the, television's website and third-party retailers. Mm. Uh, though they had to admit that it could be as high as $349 at this point. Mm. So those people may end up being charged more at a certain point. Uh, this is despite the the way that they have talked about it before that the material costs for these things is about a hundred dollars or so mm. uh, for all the components and all that because it's not exactly high tech you know stuff they're putting in here it's largely a sort of I don't know what the the level of the the graphical capabilities are but they're aiming for like a Wii ish kind of console but instead of a Wii remote style controller it's more of a you know, a mobile phone, a touch yeah. phone, but with a like disc pad for any sort of fine control you need there. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'd have like two of those uh, for the console kind of thing. And you get, you know, like a you know, phone, you know, get like a screen to do stuff, you know, maybe shake dice or whatever. Uh, neat ideas, but for 350 bucks, that's a lot. It's more than what a switch costs you. Uh, as much as a Switch OLED, and those capabilities are much greater than what this thing is doing. And part of their thing is they're like, well, we're the family-friendly console. There's no M-rated games or anything violent here. Mm. Anything like that. So, you know, probably going for the, the grannies and the, you know, the, the, the very conservative kind of family mm. stuff as far as games are concerned. Though I don't know how many of those people there are yeah. these days. They are a vanishingly small group if they exist at all. So, and so signing this angel investor deal, it's like, God, oh, we get a hundred dollars for every single console you sell that, uh, until I'm paid back, which enter ten thousand dollars. That's about 8,100 units. Hmm. Uh, this arrangement apparently stipulated that the balance should be paid in full by December 31st, 2021. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say what penalties are involved, but yeah, console's not out yet, so they miss that. Yeah, ten percent annual interest is attached to over eight hundred thousand dollars in television's loans. Mm -hmm. They remain unpaid as of press time. That uh, is an addition to one point six million in convertible notes that bear five percent annual interest. Many of the listed loans include options for debtors to convert each one dollar of remaining debt to two shares of common stock, having an exercise price of twenty eight cents per share. Just assumes any of the debtors listed are interested in having their cash obligations converted into television stock, mm. which is probably better to keep it in money form mm. because you know, stock in this company is probably not going to be like skyrocketing anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so with all of this stuff going on, basically, they had Tommy Tallarico step down as CEO, yeah, he is still on as a creative person or whatever. Mm -hmm. like he's still financially invested in the company, so he's not yeah. going to be going away anytime soon. And yeah. That's a shame because he is a person of very sketchy uh, morality. Yeah. Uh, 
people know him for TV stuff he's done, music work he's done. Yeah, because he's like he's like one of the first uh, video game composers to really make a name for himself. Yeah, you know, at least in the Western world, at least. Uh, yeah. But he, yeah, he is also notoriously uh, right wing. Well, not I wasn't going to even bring that up, but he, yeah. he is notoriously uh, fame hungry and sort of self-aggrandizing. Um, and to be fair, I mean, some of that is due to the fact that, you know, he is genuinely talented. There is a reason why he's considered one of the, you know, one of the best uh, soundtrack composers in the industry. Um at least for back when he was regular. And he is also the guy that brought his video games live. So. Yeah. He, 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 you know, and he was also one of the people that sort of brought video game journalism to television. Um, but yeah. Um, being a talking head basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is, uh, a very, very, he is very much a relic of a bygone era. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell that by the way they've been, I don't know if you would call it marketing this thing, talking about yeah. like he has been, because he's done a lot of that on the Atari Age forums, which is a very old school forum uh, for people, you know, as you can probably guess from its name, people that were big on the Atari. Yeah. That kind of stuff, and that's been kind of where people have been digging into his post history and all that. Mm-hmm. He said a lot of questionable things, even recent things, or he's like, yeah, try to describe uh, people that are haters as gaming racists. Yeah, of this thing, they're like, yeah, oh, you're, like you hate this. Look, if this was this, if, like if this was shit that he said, like say, I don't know, around two thousand five or something. You know, that'd be one thing, because I sure as hell said some shit in 2005 that I wouldn't want to come back, because we were all stupid. Yeah. Um, but this is stuff... The early is- aughts were a weird time. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, this dude is, like, in his 50s now, and yeah. he's still acting like this. Yeah, he's had interviews where he described the Switch as a rape console. Yeah. Because it has, like, anime games, some of which are a bit more lewd, but I don't think there's much in the way of nudity on any of them. <sighs> or rape, as he calls it, mm. so he describes it as a, in a way to, like, demean it. It's like, see, we are the family-friendly console. There's rape on that Switch, which is like, mm-hmm. not at all. Uh, anything especially explicitly being shown, uh, but... He's gone out of his way to do that kind of stuff. Mm. People looked at his follow list on Twitter and saw all of the right-wing media people and politicians that you would expect Yeah, if somebody is leaning that way. Mm -hmm. To which he is like, oh, but I also follow Obama. So, you know, both sides kind of thing. It's like, no, Obama doesn't balance that out. It's like, no, you've had, like, one token that's not... And, like, Bill Maher, which is, like, Bill Maher is not liberal in any way. Uh, uh, yeah. It's a thing... It's a thing that tells you exactly what you need to know about a person when they try to tell you Bill Maher is liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. There's that. There's 
lots of weird ways they've been promoting this by, you know, having mm. little public presentations and demo sessions at like, mm. you know, science exhibits and those kinds of locations where like kids go to learn about science and play and have fun and that kind mm. of stuff, which is not a bad idea, but it's been like the only way people have been able to get, mm. you know, public uh, viewing of what this console looks like and mm-hmm. you know try it out that kind of stuff and it's like this is supposed to be out in last year why are you guys still doing this stuff mm-hmm. just because they weren't close to getting out uh, and yeah there's like specific like retro style you know YouTubers that have been doing a lot of videos about this thing to the point yeah. that people are pretty sure that. They've been paying them to say nice things about the Intellivision Amico, yeah, and all that, so that it's like when this thing crashes or you know comes out, then people see or like wait to see these specific people. Like, what are you gonna do after this? You're gonna admit to all the things you've been saying is bullshit, mm. all that, because uh, that's like the only people that Tommy would interact with when promoting things is like. These people he knows are going to say nice things because they're people you've talked to on Atari age and those kind of places that yeah. are his kind of sycophants. But yeah, the the new person taking over, I'm not sure if they mention who it is here, but he's very much been kind of frank because he has to be when taking over for this kind of job and being like, yeah, we got a lot of work to do to get this thing out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, emissions like you know they have limited experience in pricing and marketing our products, mm-hmm. which is very much not what they were saying you know previously. Uh, let's see, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a whole weird thing where Tommy Tallarico was saying that they were selling some Amico games as NFTs, mm-hmm. but people are like, does he mean NFC? Like near. What is that? It's like near field communication, kind of like what you know Amiibos use. Like you would put the card on the system, and it would know, like, oh, this is this game, and we'll launch it, kind of thing. Yeah. So we we're like, is he just stupid, or is, are they actually doing NFTs? If they they don't ever explain anything, yeah, about this stuff, and it's like, is he just trying to take advantage of buzzwords, yeah. all that, and yeah, it's just. Uh, all this leads to a pessimistic rating from Intellivision's auditor. The company's inability to create revenue of notes while racking up losses and its failure to secure a, quote, commit, committed source of financing as a press time leads yeah. the auditor to believe the Intellivision's only path forward is outside financing and fundraising, yeah. which is sort of what they're doing. Yeah. And, yeah, they're saying a combined $10 million funding total would fund the company for approximately seven to nine months. Yeah. They're still paying people that work with them. I don't know how much, but yeah, that's kind of thing where like this new CEO is like, Yeah, we're let's see, there may never be a fully operational in television Amico, which is like pretty obvious if you paid any attention to this. Like, it seems like a pretty like good, like 50 50 chance that it never comes yeah. out. Uh, and if it uh, does, probably not going to be good at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd probably be better spending your money on Atari VCS, and that's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, 
does it become an Atari VCS or was it the ColecoVision Chameleon? Was that game handheld console they were trying to make? Mm-hmm. Not these people, but somebody else was trying to make that people figured out pretty quick as a scam kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of a a whole shit show here uh, as we try to see you know what these new people in charge are now going to be doing. Yeah, Telegram is going to be the television president and chief creative officer. Maybe continue contributing as the company's largest existing shareholder. Uh, He first kind of hinted at this, a series of Intellivision YouTube videos posted in late December. Uh, Four days of the final video in that series went live. Tommy, yes, Tyler Hill's long-running orchestral concert series, Video Games Live, announced an April 2022 tour stop at a venue in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. It's like that thing is still going on, but I don't know how much he is involved in that. And yeah, uh, when I mentioned that they had essentially like a requirement to sell at least 80, 8,100 units, I believe the amounts that they had sold pre-orders for was 6,000. Mm. So it's like not even a guarantee that if they sold it right then, they would make, uh, he would get all his money back kind of thing. So that's the it's just all kind of a shit show mm-hmm. it's sad for the the people that have been spending years of their lives on this thing mm. not so much for Tommy's sake because he is the person that's you know running everything so it's mm-hmm. all his fault in the end mm-hmm. uh, but yeah if you were looking at this thing as like a potential viable console Mm-hmm. You should probably give up on that and wait for a, you know, get one of the analog systems. Mm-hmm. A new analog uh, Game Boy game, a Game Boy thing uh, mm-hmm. looks really cool for that. So the, uh, wait for a Switch Pro, or Switch yep. 2, whatever the hell that's going to be at some point. The amount of money you're spending on this stuff. Uh, you would be spending on a television Amico can go to much better things that actually exist mm-hmm. or will exist. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the, the Intellivision thing mm-hmm. it is a massive shit show, but it's wasted a lot of Tommy Tallarico's money and uh, various people that have uh, helped fund them that will want even more money in return for failing to get their money back. Mm. So this has all been a great venture for Tommy Tallarico. Yep. And it seems like uh, just desserts for the sort of person he is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll do it for the show this week. Yep. Uh, thank you to Brandon for joining. Always. Uh, we will be back next week with a new slate of news. It'll be the last show of the month. Yep. As we head into March, where uh-huh. even more games are coming out. Yep. Somehow. Our wallets will suffer. Uh, but things should be getting better because it should start getting warmer here. Yep. We'll see more regular days where uh, it is not below freezing. Yeah. Might have some of the snow go away. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. All that's left is uh, a bunch of grime and grease and pebbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, strewn all over parking lots and roads across the, the state. Mm-hmm. So... That'll be good. Uh, But yeah, thank you everybody for listening and following us. Uh, We will be back next week with a new slate of news. 
Yep. And if you enjoy the show, feel free to let your friends and family and select uh, strangers mm -hmm. in the nearby vicinity know about uh, the show. I encourage them to follow on their devices of choice. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.